What I'm saying is, when we talk about the Jews, you reference them as lawyers. So you know Jews are known as lawyers when you talk about them. And I'm like, okay, do you know that Orientals were identified as having Hansen's disease, right? Asian. That's what they call it today. But do you know prior to it being Hansen's disease, which is a euphemism for mongoloidism, do you know we used to call Asians mongoloids? Not we as in black people, the humanity called them mongoloids, particularly in America. And they say they didn't want to go around being identified as the people that bear the gene that causes Down syndrome. So now they're called Asians instead of being called mongoloids since the disease was named mongoloidism because then we would have been saying don't make babies with Asians because they bear the Down syndrome trait. So now guess what? Did we say Orientals or Asians? Did we say Asians are the Down syndrome bearers? Did we take the worst out of the Asian community and identify them as such? Does the Asian community take the worst out of their community and says, this is what we do, the worst of us? Remember, again, people, I want y'all to listen. A community can be a group of people that live in a particular place or it can be a group of people that we have to blame who's saying i don't need a man we have to blame who's getting benefited for having children because black males do not get one benefit at all for having a child there's no black man living in section 8 housing because he got three kids by three different women there's no black man getting free food because he got children there's no black man getting housing because he got kids. Well, that's a lie. There actually is black men getting housing because they have a bunch of children they can't take care of. That housing is called the state jail or the state penitentiary. The women get rewarded for having children they cannot take care of. The women can, make, can go take the morning after pill. You cannot force her. The women have six months to have an abortion. Doesn't have to explain why, they just can. You cannot force her. The woman can have special mitigating circumstances after six months to still be able to have an abortion. You cannot force her. The woman can drop her baby off at a police station, fire station, or hospital and not be forced to pay for that kid or even explain who the hell she was. A man cannot do that. A woman can give a kid up for adoption. A man cannot do that. A woman can make a kid a ward of the state. A man cannot do that. So if you have this kind of power, especially the power of life, black women getting thrown baby showers when they don't even know who the baby's father is. If you're giving them good things for bad behaviors, there's no reason for them to stop. I know black women who called in my show that say they get ridiculed because they hit 30 and don't have children. Not having children, not ridiculed for not having a husband, 
Nobody's ridiculed in the black community for not having a husband. This is a fact. If you make right now, why do you think they go out of their way to call me gay? Because it's a ridicule. Why do you think they go out of their way to call me crispy? Because it's a ridicule. And in response to that, why do you think so many black people, dark skinned people, are getting light skin lightning cream? If you ridicule enough people in a community, they will try not to be that thing. We all know this. This community. Uh oh, you froze. Hold on. There you go. I have a question. Uh huh. Are you a part of the conscious community? I don't even like that word. If we talking, I'm assuming we're conscious. Are you a part of the conscious community? Nope. Are you a part of the pro black community? So I'm just interested in this thing that you're part of the thing you're calling our community. When I said, what community is condoning? I said the black one. I said, what community is condoning the drinking of lean? You said our community. I said the black one. I said the black one. I got you. You ain't never heard no nigga say that about his daddy. Well, the best thing happened is my dad realized he wasn't shit, so he just left. But don't you think that would be a good thing, too, if your dad know he ain't shit? That he's not in your life? Why the fuck would you force a nigga that ain't shit to be a dad? Think about this. The nigga know he ain't shit. Why would he be forced to be in a kid's life? You got niggas right now saying that I'm a child molester, saying that I'm a rapist, and then the next thing they'll turn around and say is, where your other kids at? If I'm a child molester and a rapist, why the fuck would you want me around any kids? Because we just want to fuck with the dude. We don't want to say anything about the mom because our mom is black and because she's had reign and rule for 40 years. So you can't question her just like you can't question Jews when it comes to Hollywood. I talk about the system. I talk about Jews. I'm the only fucking fool to do it. Well, other than you. <laughs> and I do and they look at me like I'm crazy. And the other so-called pro-blacks will duck the shit out of the Jew question. But I'm supposed to be the coon. But I'm the only one that'll bring up, do you understand what the system is doing? To wrap up this. The system is the main motherfucker that's trying to break up. It's something that belongs to humanity. Anytime a large group of people are lacking in resources and educational tools, the decision-making, will contrast immensely to those who are living better than those that they are judging. It is a fact. Hope you understand what I'm saying. Yes, but I want to say something to you. As respectful as I can be, I'm listening. But a lot of the times when I will bring up a point, you will talk a long time and drown out the point or the question that is being asked. So unless I either write it down or have a scorekeeper or a person who says the point that was being asked, 
because you've dominated this. You've, you've dominated the time of possession in this game. I got to throw a bomb because you're dominating the ball on the ground. So <laughs> you watch the replay of how many times I got cut off. <laughs> I said I will hold constraint for myself when I mention no disrespect. I said I'll just assess everything you say. So <laughs> You got back, you just do. Go ahead. <laughs> so here, I understand that you say there's a reason for a lot of things that are happening. And I never say that there's not a reason. I understand. But see, I view myself as the, the ER doctor. And when the Chapter 12 of Discourses on the First Decade of Titus Livius, Book 2. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Morendo07. Discourses on the First Decade of Titus Livius, Book 2 by Niccolo Machiavelli. Translated by Ninian Hill Thompson. Chapter 12. Whether when invasion is imminent, it is better to anticipate or to await it. I have often heard it disputed by men well versed in military affairs, whether when there are two princes of nearly equal strength, and the bolder of the two proclaims war upon the other, it is better for that other to await attack within his own frontier, or to march into the enemy's country and fight him there and I have heard reasons given in favor of each of these causes. They who maintain that an enemy should be attacked in his own country cite the advice given by Croesus to Cyrus when the latter had come to the frontiers of the Massagete to make war on that people. For word being sent by Tomiris their queen that Cyrus might, at his pleasure, either enter her dominions where she would await him, or else allow her to come and meet him, and the matter being debated, Croesus, contrary to the opinion of other advisers, counseled Cyrus to go forward and meet the queen, urging that were he to defeat her at a distance from her kingdom, he might not be able to take it from her, since she would have time to repair her strength. Whereas, were he to defeat her within her own dominions, he could follow her up on her flight, and without giving her time to recover herself, deprive her of her state. They cite also the advice given by Hannibal to Antiochus, when the latter was meditating a war on the Romans. For Hannibal told him that the Romans could not be vanquished except in Italy, where an invader might turn to account the arms and resources of their friends, whereas anyone making war upon them out of Italy and leaving that country in their hands would leave them an unfailing source whence to draw whatever reinforcement they might need. And finally he told him that the Romans might more easily be deprived of Rome than of their empire, and of Italy more easily than of any of their other provinces. They likewise instance Agathocles, who, being unequal to support a war at home, invaded the Carthaginians by whom he was being attacked, and reduced them to sue for peace. They also cite Scipio, who, to shift the war from Italy, carried it into Africa. 
Those who hold a contrary opinion contend that to have your enemy at a disadvantage, you must get him away from his home, alleging the case of the Athenians, who, while they carried on the war at their convenience in their own territory, retained their superiority, but when they quitted that territory and went with their armies to Sicily, lost their freedom. They cite also the fable of the poets wherein it is figured that Antaeus, king of Libya, being assailed by the Egyptian Hercules, could not be overcome while he awaited his adversary within the bounds of his own kingdom, but so soon as he was withdrawn from these by the craft of Hercules, lost his kingdom and his life. Whence the fable runs that Antaeus, being son to the goddess Earth, when thrown to the ground drew fresh strength from the earth, his mother, and that Hercules, perceiving this, held him up away from the earth. Recent opinions are likewise cited as favouring this view. Everyone knows how Ferrando, king of Naples, was in his day accounted a most wise prince, and how two years before his death there came a rumour that Charles VIII of France was meditating an attack upon him, and how, after making great preparations for his defence, he said, Credence because someone could bring a fact to a table and the other person can insult that person. But the crowd is so stupid that the person who insulted the person with the fact just won. We got to cut that out. So, I presume you stopped talking. Uh, I kept humble when you misrepresented my relationship with my mother. I didn't take it personal. I was quiet. No, and I, as soon as you said I misrepresented it, I apologize. I oh, literally oh. said I I thought because when I said I think what you said, and now you you just got mad at me for it. You know why? It's all right. I don't I don't take it personal. You know why? Because sometimes you just feel like you got to interject just to make something clear. I don't take it personal. If it happens too much times in a row, then I'll say, hey, brother, which I did somewhere in between this whole thing. Hey, brother, you keep cutting me off. And then you just eventually just stop doing it overall. I still don't take it personal. You know why? It's part of the human spirit. And I can see clearly that you respect me. And I clearly respect you. That's why I said sorry and I meant it when I said it to you. I actually meant it. I wouldn't have said it if I didn't mean it. You, you went on further and said some things and I could respond to it, but it's not worth it. You was in your moment and you got the right to say what you said. And ultimately, going into earlier <clears throat> was the fact that as men, we also have to consider because we're talking about black women now. As men, we also have to consider the amount of trauma that a lot of these sisters go through. Because they are more likely to be molested. And this is not that I'm not concerned with the young black men that get molested. It's only because this particular scenario, this particular forum is has been consecrated to speaking about the black woman, which we see we still wind up having to speak about the black community. We still want to have to speak about black men because that's how important the black woman is. 
So, all of this is necessary. I hope you guys are enjoying both sides of our conversation. The black woman has been molested an innumerable amount of times. The black woman is subject to extreme forms of domestic violence. I'm not saying that black men don't. I hate the fact I have to say this, but I just say it anyway, because you got those people that exist and are very insecure. So I got to damn near debate myself and debate the brother here on the platform. The black woman being the subject of much molestation, more than her male counterpart. Extreme physical when I said that's not the question, I meant it's a rhetorical question. And I'm gonna tell you why it's rhetorical. Generally speaking, the reason why coaches get the blame first and foremost is because the education isn't there all the time, nor is the power there for people to remove the owner because they play such an integral role. So just because coaches get removed more times than owners, like more black people get locked up than white people, does that suggest more black people are evil? I don't think so. But we understand it's easier to incarcerate black people than it is to incarcerate law enforcement than it is to incarcerate presidents that do wrong than it is to incarcerate attorney generals that do wrong it is easier to incarcerate black people because they are under the system that is doing the wrong thing well sometimes it's revealed to us that something is going on so bad in the system that someone has to be reprimanded. So yes, more basketball players, coaches do get fired, but that does not attest to the conversation we're having here. Obviously, now I gotta paraphrase, it's the black community supporting this narrative. Well, I would tell you this, the average rapper would tell you when they fill up these shows, their biggest patrons are people of other races <clears throat> because other races are just as much part of hip hop as far as the patronizing is concerned than there are the small 14% of us that are in America and the percentage of that 14% that contributes to that chaotic narrative because a lot of black people will buy your damn bootlegs or see if they can download the music for free let alone fill up whole stadiums to hear that rhetoric now i'm not saying a lot of black people don't support this debaucherous music i'm simply saying when you ask who's filling up these shows the reality is there's a lot of white folks and Asians filling up those shows. It's very true. I'll move on because that's to the smaller points. I wanted to go in reverse because your points were dying out as you got to the latter stages of your conversation. So I want to get to your stronger points 
So I'm going in reverse. So now, here's my thing. You said you were speaking to the largest segment of our people when you spoke of the social ills perpetrated by the same. You say you your doctor comes in when when they bring when somebody busts through the door. Doctor, doctor, we got a gunshot victim. We got a gunshot victim, and the gunshot victim is bleeding. Where's bleeding from? Right here. We cannot stop the bleeding. So what we do is the first thing we must do is stop the bleeding, or the patient dies. Now we cannot assess what made them go in the gang banging or how, what, what, what made them get in the position that they got shot. They could have got shot because they slapped their wife. They could have got shot because they got caught cheating. They could have got shot because they were trying to go, anything. All I know is I got to stop them from bleeding. So I leave that to you. Mm-hmm. After I've stopped them from bleeding, when they go in there and they get on through recovery, I'll leave that to you to tell them to stay off the cocaine so they don't have to go try to rob it and get shot. I'll leave that to you to tell them to make sure that they have the safety on the gun next time when they get ready to put it in a holster and they don't shoot themselves. I'll leave that to you once I've saved the patient. So I'll leave that to all of you people who want to go back to Kemet, who want to go back to the 20s, who want to go back to the 30s, who want to go back to all these times because I'm not saying they're not important. I'm just dealing from the ER. I love the analogy. Our people, black women, what you can look up This is what we can do. When a woman is born, she's born with all the OV cells she'll ever have. This means that women are born potentially with all the children they will ever have. Kind of like reptilian in nature, they have a bunch of eggs. Only thing is, it's almost like something got maimed and they release some eggs at a time during their menstrual cycle, right? That's a whole nother conversation. But it stands to reason for me, that not only should we consider the emotions that diffuse into the child when a woman is conceiving that child, we should also consider that she's born with all the potential entities that will become the child one day. Which means, here we go, we're going to use this term, epigenetics. Epigenetics stipulates that the children are summation of the women's experiences. How about that one? Found it. No problem. 58% 58% of all murder victims of, son, of the son, uh, 588 49.2 were females uh, in the in the black race. Uh, Abuse. Much more. 
than her male counterpart. <clears throat> the black woman who has to experience something totally different than what the male experiences when a child is en route to coming into this world. That is the emotions that correspond with her conceiving whilst at the same time not knowing if the black man is going to be there for her or not. Of course, there are extreme forms where she just slept with people she wasn't supposed to sleep with for what it's worth or whatever it means. Of course, we are not talking about those extreme forms. We're talking about the conventional messed up equations where the black man and the black woman shouldn't be making babies, both of them. But she has to deal with the hormonal change, the hormonal imbalances that are precipitated in light of her probably looking for a place to live, a man not being able to afford the situation, the man having the luxury of saying, I'm not dealing with you no more. And sure, she may even be able to put him on child support, but nothing's better than actual human support. The stress that is incurred, the stress incurred from her being a single mother. Of course, we would like to speak to how she became single. Why not? Of course, we may want to speak to how she used being doctors and lawyers. The largest segment of basketball are black people. That's why they make jokes about the NBA being black. <clears throat> I was only preaching to the larger segment of black people because apparently homosexuality is not okay in the black community and black people talk crap about it. Not believing in Jesus is not okay in the black community. You can get a woman to walk away from a date table by saying you don't believe in Jesus. But it's hard to get some black people to disown you because you say you do. It's hard to get some black people to get mad at you because you say you do like big asses. So the point is I'm speaking to the larger narrative. You would not be able to rap about these certain things and these things wouldn't go platinum and these shows wouldn't be sold out if these thought processes were not shared amongst the larger group. So I'm speaking towards that larger group that these things are hurting in large numbers like fatherlessness. Well, you grew up with a father. So should you not talk about fatherlessness fatherlessness as it is a problem because you grew up with them because you had one or does that help embolden you as much as the person who didn't have one because you know the difference between you and the guy who didn't have one you see how a lot of your friends who didn't have one might have acted or whatever the case may be no two better people to disagree with each other than probably us on this particular subject. All the other subjects, chances are we're going to be in agreement. Because even in this, we are in agreement because we just accept the fact that we are in our lane <laughs> and our approach. So I would like Brother Tommy to close out. I just want y'all to know, download the Brother Polite app. Okay, go to the Brother Polite 
website, pardon me, I am Brother Polite. Go to I am Brother Polite and check out those classes, those real estate courses that we're doing every Sunday. Be involved with that. The health course that we're doing on Sunday, be involved with that. Purchase that online. Of course, if you're interested in any of our DVDs, books, especially about the black woman, her grace. I got plenty of books that I wrote. Uh, All world religions have the inception in the worship of black women. That's a DVD. It's a triple DVD. We also have um, Desecration of the Womb, which is a book. Get that. That's a very good book. Also, Reactivate Your Melanin. I actually have that book right here. This is a very good one right here. It's a good read. And of course, we got our real estate books, some of which I have here. These are actually for somebody that's supposed to come by the house. One of the celebrities I mentor. Well, uh, check that out. I got to get the dynamics of this camera right. There we go. Something like that. Yeah, so that's by the house. Put more the onus on black women instead of the system that's being used to create the hostility amongst black men and black women. You know what you answer? Coaches get fired sooner and quicker and more so than owners. Yet you've gotten to explain your problem. Response. You've gotten a chance to explain everything that you've said and why you said it. And I had to take notes even when I disagreed, but I tried to talk. I said one sentence, you disagreed with it and you pontificated for a long time on that one point, but didn't let me explain it. That makes sense. So next time I say something else that's wrong, jump in again and then go on off and not ask me what do I mean, although you've been able to talk so much that I have to take notes because I don't jump in when you're talking and you keep doing this. No and you felt, you felt like that was fair, what just happened right there. No problem. I stated one sentence, and you went that long on my one sentence after I sat here and had to take notes on everything you stated. Do you recall that you just asked me this question that I'm responding to? No, no, no. I said, if... Unless my analogy is in... I said, unless there was one word of what I said that was incorrect... Please let me finish. You still didn't say one thing. I said it was incorrect. What I said was incorrect. You okay. just explained why it existed. An explanation of why something exists does not mean that it's incorrect. You just explained its existence. Anti-revolutionary. Considering the vaccinations and the false diagnosis of ADHD, that they give to all too many of our children, considering the fact that there are clinics in black communities. And then when you go into white communities, they don't know what a clinic is. Considering they are paying people to sell their wounds who are lacking in resources, so it actually is an option. Surrogate plant of parenthood is actually an option to people that are lacking in resources and have to make ends meet. Our people are not merely making bad decisions because they choose to, my brother. They're making bad 
of what appears to be bad decisions because they're lacking the educational tools, the resources, and the system to be able to facilitate in ways where they can overcome such oppression of the mind and all the other forms of oppression that come in different tiers. Let me ask you something, if I can. You said they're making bad decisions, and then you said what appears to be bad decisions. Are they bad decisions, or do they just appear that way? Women get to run around and say, my body, my child. So if they get to say, my body, my child, You cannot have your son grow up to be Shaquille O'Neal and say, look at the type of son I raised all by myself. And then when your son grows up to be a drug dealer and a killer, you say, it's because he didn't have his daddy around. So when people say that the black woman is God, I believe them. Because when you talk about God, the God of the Bible, and most Christians, they'll tell you everything good you get in your life is God, everything bad is the devil. They never point out the bad stuff that you get that maybe God gave you that too. If you could take some of all the credit, take all the blame. That's what they say about quarterbacks in football. You get all the accolades when you win. You should take all the problems and the problem and, and the issues when you lose. Black women get all the accolades when their kids win. They take none of the responsibility when their kids lose. In my opinion, I'm seeing too many black kids lose. And I got to blame who's there, not who's not. Because after 9-11, a lot of these women grew up, uh, had their children. And the father was dead because he died either as a fireman or as a pilot or as a cop. And these women cannot use the excuse of there was no father there. They were who was left. And if there was no father, they had to get a father figure to put in that child's life. We have to blame who's taking the credit. Purpose, a person, and then the argument going on to say, hey, you know what? You guys are winning votes because you got more slaves. Hey, we can get more votes if we can start counting these people as people. After we bought it for the right to be free, fighting in their war. Hundreds of years of this kind of chaos, this kind of degradation, dilapidation, destitution, and by that we mean for y'all out there, extreme poverty. When we say things like, we are the only race We say it as though we are totally oblivious to black people's plight having suffered an acculturation process living in their diaspora here in America, America, the hells of America. We talk like we're totally oblivious to the things that have transpired that has brought us to this very moment. That's one. That's one. We got to get that out the way. 
We are not just acting the way we're acting. Can I stop you for a second? Real quick. No, no, I just got to say something for everybody that's out there. Go ahead. Clemson just won. Yeah. Clemson just won a national championship. Go ahead. What? Okay. Clemson just beat him on the last second. You got the actual mic to speak on your own behalf. So that tells me everything I need to know about this debate. So we'll move on like you said. This is what we'll do. So we'll move on like you said. You speak more when you cut me off. You speak less when you have the floor to yourself. It tells me everything I need to know. It's going exactly as I planned. It's everything I expected and even more. <laughs> so let's talk to you about, let's get back on this black woman. We kind of was talking about the black community, but this still, by all means, I want people to understand, this still deals with the black woman. This is just so many layers of dealing with the black woman that we had to actually divulge into these different conversations. I know family, I, I'm, I am taking it easy on them. Don't worry about it. Because I actually, I actually like Tommy. I know y'all don't like Tommy, but I, I actually am very fond of Tommy. And with some work, we're gonna have him on our side. I know y'all ain't gonna want him, but he coming over to the dark side. <clears throat> or as some say crispy side, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? He's coming over to the dark side. You feel me? Dark is a very beautiful thing in my world. But anyway, the black woman. Let's get to the core issue here. Because you said they're irresponsible. That's what I want to go to. You said the black woman is irresponsible. And a host of other things that I would like you to add on to. What I was... Preface of Discourses on the First Decade of Titus Livius, Book 2. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Mirendo07. Discourses on the First Decade of Titus Livius, Book 2 by Niccolo Machiavelli. Translated by Ninian Hill Thompson. Preface. Men do always, but not always with reason, commend the past and condemn the present, and are so much the partisans of what has been as not merely to cry up those times which are known to them only from the records left by historians, but also, when they grow old, to extol the days in which they remember their youth to have been spent. And although this preference of theirs be in most instances a mistaken one, I can see that there are many causes to account for it chief of which I take to be that in respect of things long gone by, we perceive not the whole truth, those circumstances that would detract from the credit of the past being for the most part hidden from us, while all that gives it luster is magnified and embellished. For the generality of writers render this tribute to the good fortune of conquerors, that to make their achievements seem more splendid, they not merely exaggerate the great things they have done, but also lend such a color to the actions of their enemies that anyone born afterwards, whether in the conquering or in the conquered country, has cause to marvel at these men and these times, and is constrained to praise and love them beyond all others. Again, men being moved to hatred either by fear or envy, these two most powerful
powerful causes of dislike are cancelled in respect of things which are past, because what is past can neither do us hurt nor afford occasion for envy. The contrary, however, is the case with the things we see and in which we take part, for in these, from our complete acquaintance with them, no part of them being hidden from us, we recognize, along with much that is good, much that displeases us, and so are forced to pronounce them far inferior to the old, although in truth they deserve far greater praise and admiration. I speak not here of what relates to the arts, which have such distinction inherent in them, that time can give or take from them but little of the glory which they merit of themselves. I speak of the lives and manners of men, touching which the grounds for judging are not so clear. I repeat then that it is true that this habit of blaming and praising obtains, but not always true that it is wrong applied. For sometimes it will happen that this judgment is just, because as human affairs are in constant movement, it must be that they either rise or fall. Wherefore, we may see a city or province furnished with free institutions by some great and wise founder, flourish for a while through his merits, and advance steadily on the path of improvement. Anyone born therein at that time would be in the wrong to praise the past more than the present, and his error would be occasioned by the causes already noticed. But anyone born afterwards in that city or province when the time has come for it to fall away from its former felicity would not be mistaken in praising the past. When I consider how this happens, I am persuaded that the world, remaining continually the same, has in it a constant quantity of good and evil but that this good and this evil shift about from one country to another, as we know that in ancient times empires shifted from one nation to another, according as the manners of these nations changed, the world as a whole continuing as before, and the only difference being that, whereas at first Assyria was made the seat of its excellence, this was afterwards placed in Medea, then in Persia, until at last it was transferred like I said, it sounds good, but you're dealing with a different phenomenon, my brother. This is not ego talking. This is absolute logic. I can understand why so many people ship sink when they talk to you. You're very good at what you do. You're very intelligent. You're very articulate. I like how you have the tones going up and down. You exegete very well, my brother. Unfortunately, you are in the lion's den. So there's no way we could distinguish truly amongst everybody that is in our chat rooms. For all I know, some of your faithful following will come over and put my mother's name and address in there. Yeah. Oh, some of your faithful following are trolls. So, for all I know, some of your faithful following, before they had the opportunity to troll you on your platform, they may have realized you was here on my platform and didn't realize the good job that we did merging the two. Had they known this, they would have probably been trolling you on your platform. So, there's so many, there's a variation of reasons why some people may be in my section talking negative, but this is beyond the chat room. And I don't want us to deflect and start looking at the chat. No, we need to get back to the point, which was black women. And that's why that's when you say re address it in reverse, that was the last 
oh, wait, if I had killed a nigga or had been in jail for robbing a nigga, then I was real. That's what's so bad. If I came on here and just tried to insult the shit out of you, I might have won some points. I can't play that game because it would be me being the exact same thing that I'm trying to rail against. The one thing that I talk about which makes them call me gay is saying that black men have to build first. We cannot build on a matriarchy. I don't believe he can. I believe that brother, that's why I don't, I try to stay close to brothers like you. I don't try to be mad at Umar. I don't even try to be mad at Tyreek after all this fucking shit. <laughs> because if they see, <laughs> no, I'm, I'm just saying, like, I look at it this way. Why do you think it's always women in the midst of men fighting? Mm. Ask any question you want to about me. Talk about me all you want. But somebody got to say, why is it always a bunch of women whenever they're two black dudes fighting? Why is it that you can look on any website and when you see two black kids fighting, they mama sitting right there saying, do it, do it. We're the only race of people where our women are encouraging the battle instead of trying to break it up. Everywhere else you'll see some black woman say, guys, stop it. Not us. All right. Chapter one of Discourses on the First Decade of Titus Livius, book two. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Mirendo 07. Discourses on the First Decade of Titus Livius, book two by Niccolo Machiavelli. Translated by Ninian Hill Thompson. Chapter 1. Whether the empire acquired by the Romans was more due to valor or to fortune. Many authors, and among others that most grave historian Plutarch, have thought that in acquiring their empire, the Romans were more beholden to their good fortune than to their valor. And besides other reasons which they give for this opinion, they affirm it to be proved by the admission of the Romans themselves since their having erected more temples to fortune than to any other deity shows that it was to her that they ascribed their success. It would seem too that Titus Livius was of the same mind, since he very seldom puts a speech into the mouth of any Roman in which he discourses of valor, wherein he does not also make mention of fortune. This, however, is an opinion with which I can in no way concur, and which, I take it, cannot be made good. For if no commonwealth has ever been found to grow like the Roman, it is because none was ever found so well fitted by its institutions to make that growth. For by the valor of her armies she spread her empire, while by her conduct of affairs and by other methods peculiar to herself and devised by her first founder, she was able to keep what she acquired, as shall be fully shown in many of the following discourses. The writers to whom I have referred assert that it was owing to their good fortune and not to their prudence that the Romans never had two great wars on their hands at once, as, for instance, that they waged no wars with the Latins until they had not merely overcome the Samnites, but undertook in their defense the war on which they then entered. 
nor ever fought with the Etruscans until they had subjugated the Latins and had almost worn out the Samnites by frequent defeats. Whereas, had any two of these powers, while yet fresh and unexhausted, united together, it may easily be believed that the ruin of the Roman Republic must have followed. But to whatsoever cause we ascribe it, it never so chanced that the Romans engaged in two great wars at the same time. On the contrary, it always seemed as though on the breaking out of one war, another was extinguished, or that on the termination of one, another broke out. And this we may plainly see from the order in which their wars succeeded one another. For omitting those waged by them before their city was taken by the Gauls, we find that during their struggle with the Equians and the Volscians, and while these two nations continued strong, no others rose against them. On these being subdued, there broke up the war with the Samnites, and although before the close of that contest the Latin nations had begun to rebel against Rome, nevertheless, when their rebellion came to a head, the Samnites were in league with Rome and helped her with their army to quell the presumption of the rebels, on whose defeat the war with Samnium was renewed. When the strength of Samnium had been drained by repeated reverses, there followed the war with the Etruscans, which ended, the Samnites were once more stirred to activity by the coming of Paris into Italy. When he too had been defeated and sent back to Greece, Rome entered on her first war with the Carthaginians, which was no sooner over than all the Gallic nations on both sides of the Alps combined against the Romans, by whom, in the battle fought between Populonia and Pisa, where now stands the fortress of San Vincenzo, they were at last rooted with tremendous slaughter. This war ended, for twenty years together the Romans were engaged in no contest of importance, their only adversaries being the Ligurians and... Going into earlier <clears throat> was the fact that as men, we also have to consider, because we're talking about black women now, as men, we also have to consider the amount of trauma that a lot of these sisters go through because they are more likely to be molested. And this is not that I'm not concerned with the young black men that get molested. It's only because this particular scenario, this particular forum is, has been consecrated to speaking about the black woman, which we see we still wind up having to speak about the black community. We still wind up having to speak about black men because that's how important the black woman is. <clears throat> so, all of this is necessary. I hope you guys are enjoying both sides of our conversation. The black woman has been molested an innumerable amount of times. The black woman is subject to extreme forms of domestic violence. I'm not saying that black men don't. I hate the fact I have to say this, but I just say it anyway, because you got those people that exist and are very insecure. So I got to damn near debate myself and debate the brother here on the platform. The black woman being the subject of much molestation, more than her male counterpart. Extreme physical Speaking to the larger segment of our people, your exact words. That's why you have to talk about the lean. That's why you have, and here we go, owning the negativity. So then you go on to say, 
when people say Jews, when the Jews refer to themselves, when people talk about Jews, who do they talk about? They say the Jews are lawyers. I said very interesting that Tommy should say that the Jews are lawyers, and people do say Jews are lawyers, or they may even say Jews are accountants, or maybe even landlords. But you know what they're talking about? The progressive Jews amongst the community. And the community is a group of people in a specific environment that are in conformity to the same edicts and have similar attributes. So if we're talking about a community and you say you're speaking to the largest segment, I then ask you again, the largest segment of who? Only the ones doing the wickedness in our community. But if we go to the Jews, you want to pick out the lawyers in their community. So I want to tell you this. Do you know that Jews lead America in oral circumcisions? This is a fact. So why are we calling Jews cocksuckers? Because they are leading the whole fucking country and sucking baby penises. Because it's part of their religion. But will you call them cocksuckers and speak to the largest segment of the people in America that's sucking on baby penis? Chapter 2 of Discourses on the First Decade of Titus Livius. Book 2. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Mirendo 07 Discourses on the First Decade of Titus Livius Book 2 by Niccolo Machiavelli Translated by Ninian Hill Thompson Chapter 2 With what nations the Romans had to contend and how stubborn these were in defending their freedom. In subduing the countries round about them and certain of the more distant provinces, nothing gave the Romans so much trouble as the love which in those days many nations bore to freedom, defending it with such obstinacy as could not have been overcome save by a surpassing valor. For we know by numberless instances what perils these nations were ready to face in their efforts to maintain or recover their freedom and what vengeance they took against those who deprived them of it. We know too from history what hurt a people or city suffers from servitude, and though at the present day there is but one province which can be said to contain within it free cities, we find that formerly these abounded everywhere. For we learn that in the ancient times of which I speak, from the mountains which divide Tuscany from Lombardy down to the extreme point of Italy, there dwelt numerous free nations, such as the Etruscans, the Romans and the Samnites, besides many others in other parts of the peninsula. Nor do we ever read of there being any kings over them, except those who reigned in Rome, and Porsena, king of Etruria. How the line of this last-named prince came to be extinguished, history does not inform us, but it is clear that at the time when the Romans went to besiege Vei, Etruria was free, and so greatly rejoiced in her freedom, and so detested the regal name, that when the Veientines, who for their defense had created a king in Vei, sought aid from the Etruscans against Rome, these, after much deliberation, resolved to lend them no help while they continued to live under a king, judging it useless to defend a country given over to servitude by its inhabitants. 
It is easy to understand whence this love of liberty arises among nations, for we know by experience that states have never signally increased, either as to dominion or wealth, except where they have lived under free government. And truly, it is strange to think to what a pitch of greatness Athens came during the hundred years after she had freed herself from the despotism of Pisistratus, and far stranger to contemplate the marvellous growth which Rome made after freeing herself from her kings. The cause, however, is not far to seek, since it is the well-being not of individuals but of the community which makes a state great, and without question, this universal well-being is nowhere secured save in a republic. For a republic will do whatsoever makes for its interest, and though its measures prove hurtful to this man or to that, there are so many whom they benefit that these are able to carry them out in spite of the resistance of the few whom they injure. But the contrary happens in the case of a prince, for, as a rule, what helps him hurts the state, and what helps the state hurts him, so that whenever a tyranny springs up in a city which has lived free, the least evil which can befall that city is to make no further progress, nor ever increase in power or wealth, but, in most cases, if not in all, it will be its fate to go back. Or, should there chance to arise in it some able tyrant who extends his dominions by his valour and skill in arms, the advantage which results is to himself only, and not to the state, since he can bestow no honours on those of the citizens over whom he tyrannizes, who have shown themselves good. The name that we could associate with them, and then say, that's black people for you. No, we want to own the degenerates, we want to own the failures, we want to own the drug dealers, but we don't want to own the elite. We don't want to own the successful. But the Jews have cock-sucking galore going on in their community amongst the babies, and the Asians are known for having mongoloidism, Down syndrome, and they refuse to be identified as the worst amongst their kind, but us. We take pride in identifying ourselves as the worst amongst our kind, making you just as bad as the very people you say patronize black people of their race for their negative music. You're doing the same thing in your deliberations. Only thing you're not rapping, you're just conducting dialogue online. I hope you understand what I'm saying. I see bombs in the chat. You ended. And, and, and your comments stopped moving because it was the mannequin challenge for your comments. They understand still. <laughs> Apparently, I'm not looking at the same screen. My comments are moving. <laughs> Maybe it's shit froze. <laughs> no, apparently, apparently, I'm not looking at the same. Because my comments haven't stopped moving, number one. And number two, I put my comments on a 10-second delay. So after they make a comment, they can't speak again for 10 seconds. So they can't um, put like how you put, how people can type the same thing over and over and over again and fill up your screen. They can't do that on mine. So that you are talking about today. There's always a segment of that population because that's man's nature. There you go. And that is my point. That, but that, but you now no, do not interject your point in my in my in my closing. I'm good. That's my point. Yours. I don't have to say nothing. I rest my case. But you had already rested your case. No, you're talking about black women. You're talking about black women, and I just wanted to know 
Uh, are you walking around here thinking all black women are going crazy? Or do you realize both entities exist during the same time? Because this generalization of black women this, and they're doing that. And they're, no, the ones that you're talking about, is they're on Instagram. It's a high, I'm sorry, oh, it's a high number. Because when I go on Instagram, you can't tell me to hold on. When I go on Instagram, I don't look for degenerative black women. Apparently, when you go on Instagram, you're looking for them. Because I don't spend my time looking for people that misrepresent my race. So when I speak about my race, I have great things to say. I tell you about great things that black women do because I don't spend my time looking for ratchet black women. Let me tell you something, and let me finish, please, this time, because... Maybe it's where you you've should. Got, you've gotten be. out all of your points, and I've been amazingly respectful. Amazingly. It might, it might be where you're searching, my brother. Part 1, Chapter 2 of The Kama Sutra by Vatsyayana. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain and is read by Mark Smith of Simpsonville, South Carolina. The Kama Sutra by Vatsyayana, Part 1, Chapter 2 On the Acquisition of Dharma, Artha, and Kama Man, the period of whose life is 100 years, should practice Dharma, Artha, and Kama at different times, and in such a manner that they may harmonize together and not clash in any way. He should acquire learning in his childhood. In his youth and middle age he should attend to Artha and Kama, and in his old age he should perform dharma and thus seek to gain moksha, i.e. release from further transmigration. Or, on account of the uncertainty of life, he may practice them at times when they are enjoined to be practiced. But one thing is to be noted. He should lead the life of a religious student until he finishes his education. Dharma is obedience to the command of the Shastra or Holy Writ of the Hindus to do certain things, such as the performance of sacrifices, which are not generally done because they do not belong to this world and produce no visible effect, and not to do other things such as eating meat, which is often done because it belongs to this world and has visible effects. Dharma should be learnt from the Shruti, Holy Writ, and from those conversant with it. Artha is the acquisition of arts, land, gold, cattle, wealth, equipages, and friends. It is further the protection of what is acquired and the increase of what is protected. Artha should be learnt from the king's officers and from merchants who may be versed in the ways of commerce. Kama is the enjoyment of appropriate objects by the five senses of hearing, feeling, seeing, tasting, and smelling, assisted by the mind together with the soul. The ingredient in this is a peculiar contact between the organ of sense and its object, and the consciousness of pleasure which arises from that contact is called Kama. Kama is to be learnt from the Kama Sutra, aphorisms on love, and from the practice of citizens. When all the three, Dharma, Artha, and Kama, come together, the former is better than the one which follows it. That is, Dharma is better than Artha and Artha is better than Kama. 
but Arthur should be always first practised by the king, for the livelihood of men is to be obtained from it only. Again, Kama being the occupation of public women, they should prefer it to the other two, and these are exceptions to the general rule. Objection 1. Some learned men say that as Dharma is connected with things not belonging to this world, it is appropriately treated of in a book, and so also is Arthur, because it is practiced only by the application of proper means, and a knowledge of those means can only be obtained by study and from books. But Kama being a thing which is practiced even by the brute creation, and which is to be found everywhere, does not want any work on the subject. Answer. This is not so. Sexual intercourse, being a thing dependent on man and woman, requires the application of proper means by them, and those means are to be learnt from the Kama Shastra. The non-application of proper means, which we see in the brute creation, is caused by their being unrestrained, and by the females among them only being fit for sexual intercourse at certain seasons and no more and by their intercourse not being preceded by thought of any kind. Objection 2. The Lokayaktika say, Religion suggests that we're talking about adults, but you're absolutely right. It doesn't have to be exclusive to adults. So that's my fault. So what I'll do is make it more clear. When I'm talking about domestic violence, I was talking about adult relationships amongst men and women and how women tend to absorb or be afflicted more as far as injury is concerned in scenarios dealing with men and women. So in one instance, I'm talking about children, and that's molestation. And in the other instance, which is the female child, enduring more molestation than the male child. And then in the other instance, I'm talking about adult men and women, and where the women, again, get the butt of the joke, figuratively speaking, where she's abused physically or given more harm than in the case of her giving more harm to the man. Now, there's different forms of domestic violence. We can go into the psychology, psychology of that, but I'm talking about physical abuse, affliction, breakage of skin, bones breaking, that kind of information is what I'm talking about. So, <clears throat> I'll continue. Males are more likely to experience sexual, uh, sexual molestation or sexual violence under the age of 18, females are more likely to receive it over the 18, age of 18. I guess it's because a grown man is harder to rape. <clears throat> I don't know. Where do those statistics come from? This from NSOP.gov. Uh, I'm just quickly skimming through it. Or uh, what neighborhood did they poll to in all these exclusive? Well, I don't know. That's what I'm saying. I'm just quickly. Speaking to the larger segment of our people, your exact words. That's why you have to talk about the lean. That's why you have, and here we go, owning the negativity. So then you go on to say, when people say Jews, when the Jews refer to themselves, when people talk about Jews, who they talk about? They say the Jews are lawyers. I said, very interesting that Tommy should say that the Jews are lawyers, and people do say Jews are lawyers, or they may even say Jews are accountants, or maybe even landlords. But you know what they're talking about? The progressive Jews amongst the community. And a community is a group of people in a specific environment that are in conformity 
to the same edicts and have similar attributes. So if we're talking about a community and you say you're speaking to the largest segment, I then ask you again, the largest segment of who? Only the ones doing the wickedness in our community. But if we go to the Jews, you want to pick out the lawyers in their community. So I want to tell you this. Do you know that Jews lead America in oral circumcisions? This is a fact. So why are we calling Jews cocksuckers? Because they are leading the whole fucking country and sucking baby penises. Because it's part of their religion. But will you call them cocksuckers and speak to the largest segment of the people in America that's sucking on baby penis? Credence. Because someone could bring a fact to a table and the other person can insult that person. But the crowd is so stupid that the person who insulted the person with the fact just won. We got to cut that out. So I presume you stopped talking. Uh, I kept humble when you misrepresented my relationship with my mother. I didn't take it personal. I was quiet. No, and I, as soon as you said I misrepresented it, I apologize. I okay. literally said I I thought because when I said I think what you said, and now you you just got mad at me for it. You know why? It's all right. I don't I don't take it personal. You know why? Because sometimes you just feel like you got to interject just to make something clear. I don't take it personal. If it happens too much times in a row, then I'll say, hey, brother, which I did somewhere in between this whole thing. Hey, brother, you keep cutting me off. And then you just eventually just stop doing it overall. I still don't take it personal. You know why? It's part of the human spirit, and I can see clearly that you respect me. And I clearly respect you. That's why I said sorry, and I meant it when I said it to you. I actually meant it. I wouldn't have said it if I didn't mean it. You, you went on further and said some things, and I could respond to it, but it's not worth it. You was in your moment, and you got the right to say what you said. And ultimately, responsible. Whoa. And when you deal, oh, yes. Let me tell you why I say that. <laughs> Let me tell you why women are irresponsible. Can because the ghetto. But, can we call huh? these generalizations? Or you yes, just, they are generalizations. Yes, sir. Okay. I'm raising two little girls. But in general, women are irresponsible. And I can, and I just gave you reasons why. Because they have someone, because someone will pick up for them. Meaning, a woman doesn't have to be strong. If she can't open a door, some idiot's going to come open it for her. What? A woman does, well, why do you have to be an idiot, though? I'm just saying. Because that because what if that woman's strong enough and he go over there and pull and his back muscle out just to open that door for that woman? No, what are you talking about? Listen, hold on, wait. Hold on. I'm I'm texting to get the links out. But I'm I'm thinking I'm missing something. I might have missed something. Just just reverse a little bit about the idiot who might blow his back out. No, she's wondering why I call him an idiot. I'm saying because he doesn't know this woman. It's like a, a young boy in Chicago. Some dude starts shooting. 
The young boy threw himself in front of the women, the girls. He's 15. They shot him and killed him. He's hailed a hero. Well, what if them girls grow up to be whores and he was going to be an engineer? The engineer's dead, but the whore's still alive. But we're praising him for doing this because they were females. No other reason. They had no redeeming qualities other than being female. I like Serena Williams and flaunts her white man in front of your black ass. And nobody says a word. Nobody bans her. Oh, uh, excuse me. Last I checked, um, the, the bitch who do all that writing who died, what's her name? She had two damn white husbands. Not one, but two. She's still the greatest. I'll go back to Diane Carroll. No one ever said they were going to boycott Diane Carroll's shows. Nobody said it was going to boycott Whoopi. And she let her white man call niggas niggas. She said it was funny. She took up for that white man. I'll name you every black woman that's got a white man. Nobody told Janet. We ain't gonna buy no more Janet music. Maya Angelou, thank you. Maya Angelou, niggas love Maya Angelou. And she loved white dick. Married two white men. But let a black man, Todd Gurley, he took a fucking picture with a white bitch. Just a picture. Michael B. Moore had to come out and tell people he does date black women because the nigga took a picture with a white bitch. This makes no sense. So that woman you call God has no problem with swirling her ass off. Got a website called Swirling. Ghetto gaggers, sucking the shit up. And then when the child is born, sustain the connectivity with the child that knows her as far as sustenance is concerned. What exactly are we asking for, Tommy? What exactly are we talking about here? You say you blame the person that is there. You don't blame the person that is not there. Your words. You blame the person that is there. It makes sense until we realize the other person is the father. <laughs> The hell are we talking about here? So we've just made a special concession to the men. So since she gets the house, she gets the blame. And since the man don't get the house, he gets to be absent of blame. Is that what we're saying? Never See, said that. I said I specifically said I put more of the onus. That's what I said. No problem. I could accept that. And you also said. You blame the person that's there because they're because they're the ones they had the option of more than this other one. They take the they want it. If I say, look, I want to be the one to not only coach the team, but pick the players, then you're going to blame me more than you blame the owner. You, you, you're going to blame me because I had my hands on it. 
I was able to pick and choose who external being. What do I mean by this? I don't know if I want to be upset that the woman is more likely to get housing when children are made, knowing that the woman has to have the child grow inside of her for nine months and then presumably make sure she maternally connects with the child when the child comes out because the child has only been inside of her for nine months. I don't think she should just let the child be born and give the child away somewhere. I believe society has to prepare certain or make certain kinds of accommodations for women since they go through a process that is indifferent from the process men go through once the semen hits the ovum. Over. Once the sperm actizoa hits the over. Let's be for real. Unless we want the women on the damn street when things get hard. Concessions should be made to the being that has to in-house the baby, in-house the fetus, pardon me, possibly breastfeed the child. And even if that woman doesn't breastfeed the child, the child has been connecting with the mother internally for nine months. Are we suggesting that conditions shouldn't be as good as we can make? Our people, black women, <clears throat> what you can look up, this is what we can do. When a woman is born, she's born with all the OV cells she'll ever have. This means that women are born potentially with all the children they will ever have. Kind of like reptilian in nature, they have a bunch of eggs. Only thing is, it's almost like something got maimed and they release some eggs at a time during their menstrual cycle, right? That's a whole nother conversation. But it stands to reason for me that not only should we consider the emotions that diffuse into the child when a woman is conceiving that child, we should also consider that she's born with all the potential entities that will become the child one day. Which means, here we go, we're going to use this term, epigenetics. Epigenetics stipulates that the children are summation of the women's experiences. How about that one? Found it. No problem. Fifty-eight percent of all murder victims were son of the son. Uh, fifty-eight point eight. 49.2 were females uh, in the in the black race. Uh, you ain't never heard no nigga say that about his daddy. Oh, the best thing happened is my dad realized he wasn't shit, so he just left. But don't you think that would be a good thing too if your dad know he ain't shit? That he's not in your life? Why the fuck would you force a nigga that ain't shit to be a dad?
Think about this. The nigga know he ain't shit. Why would he be forced to be in a kid's life? You got niggas right now saying that I'm a child molester, saying that I'm a rapist, and then the next thing they'll turn around and say is, where your other kids at? If I'm a child molester and a rapist, why the fuck would you want me around any kids? Because we just want to fuck with the dude. We don't want to say anything about the mom because our mom is black and because she's had reign and rule for 40 years. So you can't question her just like you can't question Jews when it comes to Hollywood. I talk about the system. I talk about Jews. I'm the only fucking fool will do it. Well, other than you. (laughs) And I do and they look at me like I'm crazy. And the other so-called pro-blacks will duck the shit out of the Jew question. But I'm supposed to be the coon. But I'm the only one that'll bring up, do you understand what the system is doing? To wrap up this. The system is the main motherfucker that's trying to break up. It sounds like it makes sense. Just like (laughs) the people are doing the wrong thing. It's all perspective. It's all perspective. And that you are entitled to. <clears throat> what we have to be careful of, my brother, when we say things like black women are irresponsible. Fine. If we're going to make that generalization, we have to now ask were we cultured into a state of irresponsibility as a race, more especially in the case of the black woman. That's the difference between our approaches. Remember, if we're going to say that this is a state, which is you've been shot, you're irresponsible. I have to get you to notice you've been irresponsible, that you've been shot. Because if you keep walking around and not noticing that you've been shot, you're just going to bleed out. The black community has too many people bleeding out because they have no idea they've even been injured. So I have to get the alcoholic to recognize that alcoholism is a problem before they'll even know why they drink. So I feel you. And I think the difference is people are not understanding. I understand where you're coming from. You just don't understand that I'm telling you I cannot get this patient to enter a, a, a AA meeting if they don't think drinking is wrong. Purpose, a person, and then the argument going on to say, hey, you know what? You guys are winning votes because you got more slaves. Hey, we can get more votes if we could start counting these people as people. After we bought it for the right to be free, fighting in their war. Hundreds of years of this kind of chaos, this kind of degradation, dilapidation, destitution, and by that we mean for y'all out there, extreme poverty. When we say things like, we are the only race, we say it as though we are totally oblivious 
to black people's plight, having suffered an acculturation process, living in their diaspora here in America, America, the hells of America. We talk like we're totally oblivious to the things that have transpired that has brought us to this very moment. That's one. That's one. We got to get that out the way. We are not just acting the way we're acting. Can I stop you for a second? Real quick. No, no, I just got to say something for everybody that's out there. Go ahead. Clemson just uh, won. Yeah. Clemson just won a national championship. Go ahead. What? Okay. Clemson just beat him on the last second. Part one, chapter two of the Kama Sutra by Vatsyayana. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain and is read by Mark Smith of Simpsonville, South Carolina. The Kama Sutra by Vatsyayana. Part one, chapter two. On the acquisition of Dharma, Artha, and Kama. Man, the period of whose life is 100 years, should practice Dharma, Artha, and Kama at different times, and in such a manner that they may harmonize together and not clash in any way. He should acquire learning in his childhood, in his youth and middle age he should attend to Artha and Kama, and in his old age he should perform Dharma and thus seek to gain Moksha, i.e. release from further transmigration. Or, on account of the uncertainty of life, he may practice them at times when they are enjoined to be practiced. But one thing is to be noted. He should lead the life of a religious student until he finishes his education. Dharma is obedience to the command of the Shastra or Holy Writ of the Hindus to do certain things, such as the performance of sacrifices, which are not generally done because they do not belong to this world and produce no visible effect, and not to do other things, such as eating meat, which is often done because it belongs to this world and has visible effects. Dharma should be learnt from the Shruti, Holy Writ, and from those conversant with it. Artha is the acquisition of arts, land, gold, cattle, wealth, equipages, and friends. It is further the protection of what is acquired, and the increase of what is protected. Artha should be learnt from the king's officers, and from merchants who may be versed in the ways of commerce. Kama is the enjoyment of appropriate objects by the five senses of hearing, feeling, seeing, tasting, and smelling, assisted by the mind together with the soul. The ingredient in this is a peculiar contact between the organ of sense and its object, and the consciousness of pleasure which arises from that contact is called Kama. Kama is to be learnt from the Kama Sutra, aphorisms on love, and from the practice of citizens. When all the three, Dharma, Artha, and Kama, come together, the former is better than the one which follows it. That is, Dharma is better than Artha and Artha is better than Kama. But Artha should be always first practiced by the king, for the livelihood of men is to be obtained from it only. Again, Kama being the occupation of public women, they should prefer it to the other two, and these are exceptions to the general rule. Objection 1. Some learned men say that as Dharma is connected with things not belonging to this world, it is appropriately treated of in a book 
and so also is Artha, because it is practiced only by the application of proper means, and a knowledge of those means can only be obtained by study and from books. But Kama being a thing which is practiced even by the brute creation, and which is to be found everywhere, does not want any work on the subject. Answer. This is not so. Sexual intercourse, being a thing dependent on man and woman, requires the application of proper means by them, and those means are to be learnt from the Kama Shastra. The non-application of proper means, which we see in the brute creation, is caused by their being unrestrained, and by the females among them only being fit for sexual intercourse at certain seasons, and no more, and by their intercourse not being preceded by thought of any kind. Objection to the Lokayaktika say, religion... By, by, by that logic, then you can't back up what you said, then. If, if, if we're going to disrespect each other that way, then make sure you give me the source of what you just said. Oh, no problem. Uh, the thing is this. Not the thing is the source. The thing Which you, did, you, you just dismissed my point when neither of us have brought up sources to this point. Oh, no. You just dismissed me right then and told me, well, then we're not going to factor in anything you said. Oh, you so please now do the same. You cut me off. I was going to continue to say, then I won't consider where I gave misinformation on because it has no bearing. That statement that I gave misinformation has no bearing because you have no point of reference other than the same point of reference you use. Now, okay, let me explain this again so you could definitely understand what I'm saying. At no point in this conversation did I tell you that you gave misinformation. I just battle the points. I battle. I, I refute. I debate. We use as much as logic as we can employ for this conversation. That's what we've been doing. The second you come out to say you've been given misinformation and then you specify, I don't know how you missed it. But on two occasions, I gave misinformation. Then all I could surmise is this man must have, he must have some kind of statistics and he must have a point of reference. I'm willing to hear how I gave misinformation because when someone tells me I just misinformed people specifically on two occasions, I will only surmise that he has some point of reference. And in order for, to, for men to stand up, they got to stop for a minute and say, you know what? We got to do this. And somebody said, then encourage family. Well, why don't you watch my show, you jackass bitch, instead of watching my damn news segment? Because my news segment is, I mean, my show is all about family. Why do you think that 20-year-old girl was on my show today? Why do you think the 19-year-old was on there before? Why do you think the 25-year-old and the 30-year-old and all these women listening to my show? Why do you think my chat room is full of fucking women? You can't say what I'm doing is that damn bad when I got all them women calling in my show talking about I changed their life. Why do you think so many married people call my show? Married people call in. Married people email. Married people donate. Why do I have so many married people over there? Because I'm the only one preaching the idea of a family. You cannot have a family when you're sitting there having these women who are being irresponsible with the power they got. I don't have to prove what I do. That's why I don't go around doing it. The proof is in the pudding. You can watch.
you can see, you can listen to a, a, a one of my shows and get phone calls. And you hear number black women. You know it got so bad, Brother Polite, they told me, you're paying those women to call. They were that jealous that that many women called my damn show. They that damn jealous that every time they turn around, the mansion got a fine-ass black bitch in it. They mad that I be doing a show and I get a dinner brought to me. Thank you. Chapter 5 of Discourses on the First Decade of Titus Livius, Book 2. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Jennifer Painter. Discourses on the First Decade of Titus Livius, Book 2, by Niccolo Machiavelli. Translated by Ninian Hill Thompson. Chapter 5. That changes in sects and tongues, and the happening of floods and pestilences, obliterate the memory of the past. Those philosophers who will have it that the world has existed from all eternity, it were, I think, a good answer that if what they say be true, we ought to have record of a longer period than 5,000 years. Did it not appear that the memory of past times is blotted out by a variety of causes, some referable to men and some to heaven? Among the causes which have a human origin, are the changes in sects and tongues. Because when a new sect, that is to say a new religion, comes up, its first endeavour, in order to give itself reputation, is to efface the old. Should it so happen that the founders of the new religion speak another tongue, this may readily be effected. This we know from observing the methods which Christianity has followed in dealing with the religion of the Gentiles we find that it has abolished all the rites and ordinances of that worship and obliterated every trace of the ancient belief. True, it has not succeeded in utterly blotting out our knowledge of things done by the famous men who held that belief, and this because the propagators of the new faith, retaining the Latin tongue, were constrained to use it in writing the new law. For could they have written this in a new tongue, we may infer, having regard to their other persecutions, that no record whatever would have survived to us of past events. For anyone who reads of the methods followed by St. Gregory and the other heads of the Christian religion will perceive with what animosity they pursued all ancient memorials, burning the works of poets and historians, breaking images, and destroying whatsoever else afforded any trace of antiquity. So that if to this persecution a new language had been joined, it must soon have been found that everything was forgotten. We may believe, therefore, that what Christianity has sought to effect against the sect of the Gentiles was actually effected by that sect against the religion which preceded theirs, and that, from the repeated changes of belief which have taken place in the course of five or six thousand years, the memory of what happened at a remote date has perished, or, if any trace of it remain, has come to be regarded as a fable to which no credit is due. 
like the chronicle of Diodorus Siculus, which, professing to give an account of the events of 40 or 50,000 years is held, and I believe justly, a lying tale. As for the causes of oblivion which we may refer to heaven, they are those which make havoc of the human race and reduce the population of certain parts of the world to a very small number. This happens by plague, famine or flood, of which three the last is the most hurtful, as well because it is the most universal, as because those saved are generally